Indie Week is November 13th through the 17th in Toronto. All the info at IndieWeek.com. Daryl Hers is the guy behind its creation, and he is with me right now. How are you doing? Good. Yourself? I'm excellent, man. Um, you and I were talking. You were talking about how this week, for you, to quote you, is, is been the, it's been the most electric it's ever been the week before Indie Week. Why is that? Uh, we just have a lot more going on. A lot of people traveling in. Like 18 countries are represented as far as artists go. We've got a big delegation from Korea coming, like 23 people. Uh, it's a lot of managing, but man, it's super exciting to see what's happening. And it's bringing a lot to the city of Toronto. Like the streets are going to be bustling and, and it's going to be like, it's electric this week for us. I can hardly wait till next week. So I want to, I want to circle back to this cause I already have questions about this contingent that's coming to town as right. to, uh, as to the genre behind it. Take me back to the origins of Indie Week. How did it all begin? Uh, well, I was just a, in a band myself and I was a booker at a venue and I just sort of saw that there was a lack of representation at some of our local festivals that represented actual local Toronto indie artists. Uh, and I understand a lot of it is the international like interest and all that, but uh, there's a lot of really good indie bands being overlooked. So I wanted to give them a platform that they could play, connect with industry, learn about the business, and hopefully you know, help them get to that next level or at least moving on with their career. So what was your one like? My was my one leg. No, what what, what oh. was what was year one like? Like the oh. the actual the actual indie week that week. Like when you think back, it to was it, awesome. Yeah? It was crazy. Yeah, like uh, getting applications in by the mail and having to open all envelopes every one by one was really cool. Uh, we had eight venues and I think it was sixty artists. So thinking, do you remember some of the artists from that first year? Uh, yeah, and some are actually in a different band playing this year, which okay. is kind of cool. Yeah, that's nuts. Um, and, of course, on the spot, now I can't remember the it's name okay. of the band. Don't worry about it. But, uh, yeah, some of the artists are still playing. And, and you can be cool. forgiven, I think, when you've, like, if you, it, can you put a number on the amount of bands that have been here over the 15? God, no. It's, <laughs> uh, I'd say uh, the last few years have averaged over 200. Uh, so, like, if you think in the last three years, it's, like, 700 bands. Okay. Which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Like, this year, we dropped a day, so it's going to be Wednesday through Sunday. And we still have like 240 artists coming. Wow. So News Talk 1010, one of our slogans is it's the place where you come to learn stuff. But internally, we don't say stuff. We say we say it's the place where you come to learn shit. And <laughs> so if I'm talking to someone that has never been to Indie Music Week, someone that is new to even the word indie, what is your definition of, a, of an indie artist, of an indie band? Uh, well, it kind of goes back to DIY. It's an artist that is running the business themselves. Uh, and that means wearing the manager's hat, the promoter's hat, the publicist, the accountant, the lawyer, uh, you name it, they're running their own business. And uh, technologies change things. Like, man, when I started this, it was different. Like I said, we got everything in the mail. Yeah. Right? Like cassettes. Cassettes, CDs. I remember getting like box of chocolates, balloons, uh, gift certificates, like pick me, you know. <laughs> Uh, it was is is funny. A lot of the stuff that we got, like I, one of the best packages I got, and I had it for the longest time. I don't know where it is now, but I I kept it as a sample. Literally, it was you could envision it's a punk band in a rehearsal space, and they literally ripped the side of a cardboard box and felt marker, take a chance, and their band name. That was their submission. That was what they sent. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, um, and I kind of miss those days a little bit because you got a feeling of the band. Yeah. Uh, now it's all digital and all that, which is a lot allows us to f go through the applications a lot better. 
But um, yeah, a lot of things have changed and, and artists are forced to really do it themselves more so now than yeah. ever before. So you've piqued my curiosity as far as uh, the bands that have, have submitted to come. I mean, tell yeah. us about, so, tell me some of the bands that people would know that have, that have come through the doors of, of Indie Week. Uh, well, probably one of the top ones is Walk Off the Earth. We had them uh, the year they, like in October before the January where they released the five people in a guitar video right. and went crazy. Just blew up. Yeah, and, and that was on uh, uh, one of our sponsored showcases, and I literally fought for them to be on that showcase. I'm like, you need to have this band. And they're like, we don't know them. It doesn't matter. You need to have this band. Right. Uh, the Mahones were on that showcase, and uh, Sarah from Walk Off the Earth wasn't kind of officially in the band, I don't think, so okay. she also played solo because she was uh, just from the Creep Show at the time. Right. You know, uh, one band that I always talk about is called Sumo Psycho. Uh, they just... Uh, did great for us when we took them to Ireland for the first time, their entry point to Europe. And five years later, they just finished a 31 date North American tour. All shows were sold out except for two opening for a band called ginger. And in three weeks they go and headline their own UK tour with live nation. Wow. So, uh, we feel we really helped a lot of bands into entry points. Um, and you know, we talked about Korea. Well, we do this thing where we have a best of the fest, so one band is voted as, like, they're the best. Right. Uh, that way they can get some media attention, they get the accolades, and kind of helps build their presence. Right. Um, so we had a band from Korea called Tris last year, and uh, what we did is we took them to a Brazilian festival that we've partnered with. It's called Coma Fest. It's in August. And uh, so we had a Korean band in Brasilia, and in front of thousands of people, it went crazy. Uh, so the result is now we have a whole Korean delegation coming to Indie Week this year. Wow. So I don't think people realize when they hear about Indie Week and they're not that familiar with it, they just think, oh, it's just a bunch of Toronto bands playing at a bunch of local venues. But Indie Week is, you're global. Yeah. No, it's crazy. Like, so, um, we've partnered with this festival in Brazil I talked about, yep. like for the last three years and we've had a Toronto artist there each year. This year it was Sate. Um, and, uh, as a result, like last year we had nine Brazilian bands. Uh, play at Indie Week. Wow. Uh, so this year the focus is a bit more on Korea. Uh, we have bands from Portugal, from Netherlands, from Iceland, from Poland, from you name it. Wow. It's crazy. So let me uh, let me finish off the, the questioning on the, on the uh, the way things have changed and you're not getting stuff in the mail anymore. Is, is social yeah. media been the biggest game changer for you to be able to look at a band? Has it does it help the bands more or less? Is it? Tell um, me about tell me about that aspect. It, of it. it, it does, but. Uh, it really with me, it's the music first. Uh, I listen to absolutely every single application, uh, at least two or three times. Uh, and the first it's kind of like a yes, no, maybe kind of process. Right. And then when we get kind of, kind of like whittled down the yeses and we're like, oh, there's like 500, but we only have spots for 200. Right. Uh, then we have to really, then we start digging into what are they up to? Are they active? Are they promoting? What are their numbers like? And, and we kind of try to get to know what the story is of the artist right um, and and then we really work hard at programming where the lineup makes sense as much as possible uh, and the traveling artists we get them to play two to three times if not more because right uh, we find that they actually build fan base when they do that as opposed to playing just once okay uh, so so yeah we really favor on uh, the music first but then we do go through and look at the socials and all that kind of stuff. I was listening to your playlist on Spotify on the way in today in the streetcar, and you know I heard a lot of rock, but I heard a lot of different influences as well. Are you guys yeah. are, are you guys genre blind? Is, does it matter what kind of 
We just look for good music. Right. We've had some crazy stuff. Like the one I, a couple ones I talk about, we did have a, a band called Mortal Kombat once from Buffalo. And it literally is two guys that hooked up guitars to PlayStation. And by playing guitar, they're playing Mortal Kombat on a big screen behind them. And uh, it's really cool and crazy. You can't hear my eyes, but they're really wide right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, geez, it was, it that's was, insane. It was cool to see and listen to at that time. And that's like years ago. Uh, and then we had a band from Atlanta, uh, Atlanta called, uh, and this is the worst band name, uh, the Mad Violinist and the Symphony Crack Orchestra. <laughs> you remember that too, the Crazy. Mad Violinist and the Symphony Crack Orchestra. Yeah, and we had actually originally had him in Ireland first, and he was voted best band over there, so we brought him to Canada. Okay. And um, basically it's a killer band, like, man, these guys were players, and a violinist, no singing. So he played all the vocal lines. And uh, by the end of the week, he was packing the venues in Toronto, right? Um, just the buzz, the word of mouth. Amazing. Like, their show is so cool. Yeah. Uh, well, he's gone on to be a six-time nominated Grammy producer. And if you hear a violin on Nicki Minaj's tracks, it's him. Wow. Yeah. That's so cool. So, so yeah, like, it's not necessarily about the band, but it's yeah. the songwriting, it's the performances, and producing side of things too so so Let's talk about some of the people you bring on on your panels which are which are crazy just just i mean this is literally just a sample mike clink who a lot of people would know uh he's an engineer he produced and i think he engineered and produced i'm not sure the appetite for destruction record i'm not sure what he did on it yeah he produced he produced it um and, that and, was sort of the that became the calling card for yeah. him he worked with the white snake aerosmith triumph glenn matlock from the sex pistols has been here martin atkins who's worked with with uh, public image limited ministry nine inch nails Killing joke. Yeah. Who's at the conference this year? Who you got? Uh, well, we're, we're actually, I could give you the scoop. We uh -huh. haven't announced officially yet online, but uh, Steve Stewart, who managed uh, Stone Temple Pilots. Wow. And he's just uh, launched an app called Vest, uh, which is about uh, people. It's kind of like, you know, like uh, Kickstarter and GoFundMe kind of stuff. It's, it's that for artists, but with royalties. So it's like, I've got an album coming out next year. Yeah. Uh, if you help fund it, you have a percentage of my royalties over a set time time limit. Wow. Uh, so so it's a new way to invest in bands you like and help them get more music out there. That's amazing. But yeah, like Steve Stewart, if you Google him, uh, he's he's a pretty big dog in the music biz. Now, I, I mean, it feels to me, and I listen to a lot of indie music, it feels to me like there's more bands than there's ever been before and more ways for me to hear them. Mm -hmm. But in Toronto, which I think is, you know, historically speaking, one of the greatest cities in the world for music. I mean, you go back to the Yorkville, the hippie days and the band and Ronnie Hawkins, and the Hawks and Ronnie Lane and the Disciples all the way through, you know, to friggin', you know, to, to Drake. We're just we're, oh. we're an amazing epicenter for music. Yeah. But yet are, we're losing live music venues. Is this is it, is it yeah. tough finding finding venues for everybody to play? Is there is there still an, an interest from the public? Because it seems like they're just it's just all condos. Uh we're in a we're in a development stage, I'd say, in Canada. Um, I, I I travel a lot to other conferences and stuff. And for instance, I I look at like you know the UK. If you think how old the country is, mm -hmm. they're they we're like a bad teenager phase right now. And uh, like they've kind of figured out a lot of stuff. Like I go whenever we've held shows there, we have a, like a ten thirty p.m. curfew, no later, and and shows start like early, like seven p.m. on the dot band on stage um 
<clears throat> we're finding people go out earlier rather than later, for instance, uh, for live music, but they go out later for DJs. Right. And that's kind of everything that's in Ireland and UK and a lot of parts of Europe. It runs just like that. And I think uh, we haven't quite figured that out yet in Toronto. A lot of a lot of places are trying to stay open more hours and later. Yeah. So, which you I guys th- are doing some four AM calls for this for this week? Oh yeah, we we do every year. Uh, this year we call it the after parties. So okay. basically, uh, for all the bands that are playing at the venues that are not going the extra hours, we've got an after party for them. So all the bands from like a number of venues go to one venue oh, till four AM. That's great. Uh, Network and have some beers and hang out. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I think that the scene in Toronto, we're also growing like with the condos and development of boroughs, um, people are staying near where they live. So when we started, Queen Street was the place, like you didn't even have to say anything much. Everybody went to Queen Street for music cause yeah. there's nowhere else to go. Yeah. That was the strip. Yeah. But now there's like, uh, Dundas and Ossington, the junction, Queen East, Queen West, yeah. Blur, like there's just places everywhere now yeah so. and I'm, I'm, I'm in the east end and I, I feel like we don't have nearly enough music venues i mean we have the opera house and we have a couple of pubs but yeah you know, it's, a, it's a spot of town where i really love to see more live music happening a- everywhere right yeah. but but then it makes it hard for that one central hub where everybody right. gathers and you know back in the day you would literally start at either the horseshoe or rivoli and then just sort of walk down the street throughout the night like you'd stop in at the Cameron house, yep. you know, and at some point you end up at the bovine for last call. Right. Right. That was just what you did. And they were packed, you know, and often it was the same group of people you'd start seeing as the night progressed. Right. Um, just heard. Yeah. You know, and, and, uh, they would be busy right till last call. Like I remember it'd be hard to get a drink at 2 AM cause right. the lineup at the bar is so big. So um, I want to give you our last couple of minutes to, to sell Indie Week for, for someone listening right now that's like, well, this sounds really interesting. I've never been or I've never heard of it or I've heard of it, but I didn't know what it entailed. Why should someone for the first time participate in Indie Week? What does it got to offer for them? Well, you know, kind of talking about how technologies change things, uh, you know, we're kind of fed music. If you're on your Spotify or iTunes, they'll say, here's what you should listen to based on what you already listen to. So the discovery of music has changed. And, you know, if you really want to discover good music that's really coming up, get out to the venues. Uh, we've got some of the best emerging artists from around the world coming in. We're super stoked about it. And, you know, with a wristband, you get to go from venue to venue all week long, you know, and, and that's also one of the best experiences you can have in discovering new music. Right. And that is what we're all about. Like we say, watch, listen, discover. Um, and, and this is where you see the really cool up and coming bands. And I got to put a plug out. There's a band called Mountainhead that everybody should watch a uh, new band from Toronto and uh, really cool vibe, like uh, kind of like a hillbilly look, but okay. Totally not that sound. Okay. Uh, and when you said Mountainhead, I, I had envisioned uh, Sheepdogs. I yeah. was like, oh, Swamp Rock type <clears throat> band? That's what I got from the name, and that's just the first impression. Well, that's what they look like. Right. And then and then they start, and you're like, oh. Yeah, singing falsetto and kind of low tempo and downbeat, and it's, it's super cool. Uh, so that's one that's kind of on my radar. Okay. Right? Um, and, and then uh, the band Tris from Korea is coming back. Uh, Izzy Walsh from Ireland. Uh, she played for us last year and was really highly ranked. And uh, we also have an Indigenous uh, Artist Showcase. That's at Hughes Room next Thursday. 
And uh, one of our artists, Matt James, just won Best Country Album at the NAMA Awards, which is the Native American right. uh, Music Awards. Wow. So uh, this is the kind of thing where you get to say, hey, I saw them first. Yeah. You know what you should do is, and I spent some time obviously preparing for this conversation on the website, but just if, if you're interested in this type of, of music, if you love live music, which I think is truly, as a guy that, that has DJed, I would go see a live artist before I would ever pay to see a DJ. Which I think is, is is probably the biggest compliment that I can give, being a guy that, that plays records, being a guy that, you know, that, that plays parties and stuff like that. I'm going to go see the band. Yeah. That's what I want. Like, I, I love live music. I, the, one of the bands I discovered at Indie Music Week was The Beaches. Oh, amazing. And, it, and I've since had the opportunity to hang with them and interview them a few times. And I saw them that night, and I had the, this epiphany. I was like, these... These people are the future. Like, this is a yeah. great. And I just saw them open for the Rolling Stones this summer. Yeah, right? not bad. Yeah, not, not bad. A bad. Not a bad little trajectory. Yeah. But such a great band. And they, they, they just had it. They were tight already. And they just had that vibe. Exactly. And they just killed. And, and I have to mention, too, like, during the day is our conference. So if you're, like, looking to get in the music industry or are music in, in the music industry at any level, the, like, our conference runs uh, the Thursday through Saturday. The Thursday uh, is at Revival, so we have two floors of panels going on all day, and plus media interviews and all that, and then Thompson Hotel for the Friday and Saturday, and Saturday is a lot on tech, like if you want to know about streaming, releasing your product online, uh, we've got Steve Stewart, and, and like it's, it, there's a lot of tech kind of stuff talking about how to run your music business, because right. there's so many tools out there right now. Um, it, it could get very daunting and overwhelming as an artist. And I have to plug uh, CD Baby. Uh, we've got a big party on the Saturday at the Revival. Um, you know, Toronto's been saying Toronto and Austin, Texas. Yeah. So uh, CD Baby, um, one thing to note, I, I work for CD Baby as well. And but, CD Baby is what? Uh, online, don't know. We're basically the biggest online distributor of independent music. Um, but we have a DIY conference in Austin, Texas. Okay. So I looked at that as an opportunity. And so we've got an Austin night in Toronto featuring, uh, project ATX six, which is six musicians from Austin, Texas, Bryce Clifford, who's a Torontonian that lives in Austin, Texas. And we're working at building the bridge between Austin and Toronto. That's great. So, and we may, we may have a few special guests, uh, appear that night. Amazing. Okay, you, yeah. you got me. I'm, I'm totally, I'm in now. Indie Week, November 13th through the 17th, IndieWeek.com for, uh, for all the info. Daryl, thanks for doing this, man. Thank you so much. This is awesome. Have a great week. You too.